Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Man, I love this message. It was something that I was journaling and writing down that was really for me in the beginning, and now I'm excited to share it with you. And I think it's just an important two-word title of the message today for all of us in this room after the last 12, 14 months that we've been through, and that is to hope again. To hope again. Turn to the person next to you, tell them it's time to hope again. Tell them it's time to hope again. Also compliment their Easter outfit. Tell them they look good, saying that outfit's making me hope again because you look great, all right? (laughs) I really think that word again is so important because I don't know what 2020 looked like for you, but I know what it looked like for me, and maybe it was similar. A lot of confusion, a lot lot of having no idea what was going to happen, a lot of stress, a lot of fear, a lot of trying to protect my family, not knowing if we were ever gonna get on the other side of this, but here we are today. And the reason we can have hope and the reason we can have hope during the most difficult of situations and seasons in our life is because as we're gonna talk about today, hope is not an emotion or a feeling. Hope is a person. And we're gonna introduce you to him today. We're gonna help you see that this person named Jesus loves you more than you could possibly imagine. So much so that he gave his life for you. Three days later, walked out of that grave alive so that you could be forgiven and set free. And my one goal for you today is that you would not walk out of these doors burdened with all the things that you have to do. That you would not walk out of these doors feeling attacked for the way you feel or maybe the mistakes that you've made. I want you to walk out of those doors today forgiven, set free, and full of life. The words of Jesus are this, I have come to give you life and life to the full. That is our hope for you at local church today, not just on Sunday morning. We can clap our hands and be thankful for that promise from Jesus today. We're gonna lift up Jesus. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna laugh and have a good time during the message. But I want you to know again that this is home. And when you trust in God and commit to a local church where you feel like you belong and like you matter, the best is yet to come. I was thinking about, you saw Shepard earlier, he's so shy and so cute here up on stage. He's not like that at home at all, just so you know. Full of energy at home. And one of the things he loves that we've learned over these first three years of life, his birthday was just on March 29th, he turned three years old. We've made it, we made it to three, all easy sailing from here, right? Parents, no? Yeah, not at all, right? (laughs) But we just celebrated his birthday, and he is a huge fan of the Disney Pixar movie Cars. Like, he loves it. I've seen them so many times, I could quote all three of them for you. And I can tell you which is my favorite and which one I can't stand. But you know what? He loves them, so I watch them. I don't watch them because I like them. I watch them because I love my son, and I would do anything to spend time with him, right? And one of the things that we were thinking about for his birthday is he's going to get a ton of toys from his friends and from his grandmas who just spoil him, which is fine. We're cool with that. But we wanted to provide him an experience that he was going to remember and have fun with. And so I was scrolling through Instagram one day and stumbled across this Disney resort that actually has a life-size 
Radiator Springs, which is the little town in cars. I wanted to show you a picture of Shepard sitting on the hood of Lightning McQueen, running through Radiator Springs, running up to two of his favorite guys, Luigi and Guido, who own the little Costa tires in Radiator Springs. But I just love how happy Shepard is right there. I love that he's so excited to be there. He's so excited to live his life, even though it's just been for three crazy quick years. Now, as a father, I watch this and I look at that smile and I'm like, he's the cutest kid that ever lived. I see him running with so much joy and I think I would do anything for him to experience that joy every day. I want you to know this morning that if I feel that as an imperfect earthly father, that what your heavenly father feels towards you is so much more powerful, so much more important, so much more full of joy and life, then man, we can lean into that today and know that our heavenly father is good, so much so that he sent his son to give his life for us. I've heard it said before, you can measure the amount of love someone has for something by what they're willing to pay for it. Can I tell you today, that your heavenly father God was willing to pay the life of his son for you. Can I tell you today that the son of God was willing to lay down his life for you? In Isaiah 25:8, it says this. It says that he will swallow up death forever. I need a little bit of crowd participation today. Would you repeat that word forever with me? He will swallow up death forever. Not one time, not twice. Forever it is swallowed up. You do not have to walk in death anymore. You're alive. When you call on the name of Jesus, you are alive and set free. And what it says here is he will wipe away tears. I don't know about you, but I have shed some tears in my life. And it's not that God doesn't wipe them away and say, hey, feel better. He wipes them away to show how close he is, that he's with you no matter what. And you can know the closeness of God today. I want you to know that you may feel a hundred steps away from God, but he's here in this room and he's closer than you think. Hope is here. Write this down for me. Hope is here because hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. If you come to local church more than once, which we're praying you do, you're gonna hear that a lot, so much so that you're gonna be able to repeat it and say it after me when I say it on Sunday mornings. Because we want you to know that hope is not something that you have to chase each and every day. Hope is something that chased you down, that grabbed your life when you were at your worst and said, I'm with you no matter what, because my name is Jesus, and I'm gonna be there for you no matter what when you trust and surrender your life to me. But life is hard. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> Life's difficult. Sometimes we don't know what tomorrow is gonna bring. If I can relieve some pressure on you today, you don't have to know what tomorrow is going to bring. You just have to know who holds tomorrow in his hands. And that is Jesus, that is God. And let me give you this verse today as we jump into the heart of the message. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, it says, we do this, we live life, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarded its shame, and now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. I need you to underline this phrase, because of the joy before him. And I want you to circle that word joy, and I want you to know that you are the joy. You were the joy that was in front of Jesus. You were the face, you were the name that was on his heart that helped him get through these difficult things, knowing that on the other end of walking this broken and beaten path to the cross by giving his life and conquering death, you were on the other side of that so that you could enter back into 
family of God. And we can clap our hands for that because that is good today. And that's who we are. That's what we're celebrating. This whole day is about this. I want you to write it down. It won't be up on the screen, but I I want you to write it down in your card. This day is all about how hope came down and became human. Hope came down and became human. If hope is human, if hope has a name, it means we can relate to it, we can connect to it, and we know that it's gonna be with us no matter what. Would you pray with me today as we jump into the message and just really have an amazing life-giving conversation? Whether you're here or at home watching, there is always hope. God, I'm so thankful for everybody here in this room, everybody watching online. I'm so thankful for our kids in the hallway. God, we're all here to say thank you. We're here to experience you. And God, I pray that you would show up in this room and just fill us with your love and your hope and your joy and your strength and encouragement, knowing that you're with us. God, help us realize this is a place we can laugh and have fun. It's a place where we can think and be open about what we're dealing with, be transparent about what we're walking through, because we know, God, that's where you step in. So today, God, as we're writing down notes, as we're following along in the YouVersion app, I pray today you would simply speak to us. All of us here in this room are watching online at home. You'd speak to us and we would open up our hearts and receive from you today and write things down and know, God, that you're here with us today. And truly, there is always hope because hope has a name and that name is Jesus. And God, we're thankful that we're celebrating that Jesus is alive today and we're thankful that we get to celebrate it in Champa Bay, if I can get it in Jesus' name, we all say amen. Come on, that's good today. I'm gonna celebrate where I live because it is Champa Bay, man. We are just living it up. We're on top and it's great. And I'm excited about it. But I do have to tell you, I'm gonna talk a little bit about disappointment today. Anyone ever been disappointed out there before? Okay, cool. Um, if you haven't, it's coming, just to not you know, burst your bubble. Disappointment is a part of life. I'm th- I think about all the Tampa sports that I love, right? Like I'm a huge, as you know, if you come to local, I'm a huge Tampa Bay Lightning fan. If you're a fan, come to church here. You're gonna enjoy it because I pray for the Lightning all the time. And I think maybe the prayers have worked. Those are the champions and so are the Bucks. Not gonna say it, but hey, still praying, still let, moving it forward. It's working, okay? But here's the thing. I remember years ago, the Tampa Bay Lightning made the Stanley Cup and a friend of mine and I, we were, we were like, we're going to save up money. We're going to go to the Stanley Cup because we know we could probably save up enough money to go to the Stanley Cup. Super Bowl, that is forever out of the picture because I can never see myself spending that amount of dollars on going to a game, especially if my team loses. Right? I just don't have that emotional bandwidth to do that, right? But if you're inviting me for free, next time it's in Tampa, I will join you, okay? I will join you. But we bought our tickets to go to the Stanley Cup. We were excited because the Lightning were up, were up a couple games on the Chicago go Blackhawks and we're like you know what they're gonna win this series and we're gonna go watch them win one of the games it's gonna be great and so we go to this game we're excited getting pumped up thunderstruck starts playing we're ready to go the coils with the lightnings going let's go and then the game could not be described in any better of a word as the other than utter disappointment the very beginning of the first period one of our defensemen runs into our goalie and the Blackhawks score on an open net they proceeded to then score three more goals that period. We're down four nothing. I think we lost something like five to one. It was absolutely horrible. Such a disappointment. And in my mind, I'm like, I just spent so much money on this game, and it was the worst experience ever. It wasn't so much like that. I, I, mean, I can handle them losing because it's a game. It's the fact that I spent so much to be in the room, and they lost. Didn't they know I was there? I mean, didn't they know 
how much that ticket costs me as just a middle 20s guy. Come on, lightning. But hey, you know what? It's all, re- all redeemed because now they're on top and it's okay. It's all right. I didn't get to go see because obviously they were playing inside the quarantine bubble. But what I want to talk about today is disappointment, is when we spend a lot hoping one thing is going to happen. When we try to be in the room or follow something and then we're disappointed. What I want you to know is in the story we're going to talk about today, it happens on the third day. So if you don't know what Easter is all about, <laughs> Easter is all about celebrating that Jesus is alive, that he walked out of the grave alive, that no one else in history has ever done that before, that he conquered death to set us free and forgive us and help us walk in new life and in our family of God that we were always created to be in. That is real. It is true. But what happens on the third day is we catch up with a couple guys who were disciples of Jesus who were actually never mentioned up until the very last chapter of one of the gospels called Luke. If you want to get out your note cards, on the back of your note card, we're going to be in Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 13. It's a lot of verses, but I'm going to read through them really quickly, all right? So starting in verse 13, here's what it says. This is called the road to Emmaus. So that same day, Two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. Now let's stop, let's put ourselves in the story. Two guys walking in utter disappointment. The guy they had been following for years, maybe had given up their jobs, maybe had given up time with their families to follow Jesus, has, is dead. He is gone. It seems like they've been defeated. See, we have to remember that people who followed Jesus and believed him with everything that they had, they had to walk through a, lo- a little season there where Jesus was dead and in the grave and they didn't know what was going to happen. It's easy to be 2,000 years on the other side of it and say, how dare they believe, not believe Didn't Jesus say it? Yeah, he said it, but how many times in our life does Jesus say something in this word and we forget and run away and maybe we find ourselves running away to another village that's not where Jesus called us to be? It's important to lean into that today. But Cleopas and his friend, they're running towards Emmaus because that's the end. But in this story, suddenly Jesus, they don't understand it's Jesus, pops right in the middle of them and is just walking with them. Now, I gotta be honest, I'm a little bit of an overreactor when it comes to being startled. Uh, just the other night, I was walking through our house, the lights were off, and I turned the corner, and uh, I caught just a glimpse of this shadow coming at me. And I was like, ah! I thought it was a robber. I was like, come on, I gotta protect my family. It was just my son's happy birthday balloon that was floating through the house that scared me. Now see, I, don't, I would not, if I were walking with Cleopas and his friend and Jesus popped in, I'd be like, whoa, you know, get, get it ready, just in case. I would, obviously would not work, it's Jesus. He'd probably just like strike me down or something. But the thing is, it's startling. And sometimes Jesus shows up in ways that surprises you. Maybe even we would not be in the way that you would expect. It happens in an instant. But let's keep going in the story. What happens as we continue is that he asks them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Will you underline that phrase for me? Sadness written across their faces. I love that the Bible gives hints into into stuff like this because it gives us permission to understand that it's okay to be sad sometimes. It gives us permission to understand that it's okay to not always be so happy-go-lucky all the time, that life is real and we are going to walk through sadness and it may even come out on our face because of how difficult and hard life is. 
Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. I love Jesus, man. He is so cool. Because he knows what happened. It happened to him. They're talking about himself. And he says, oh, well, then you know that was me. Why are you walking away? Why are you leaving? Why are you giving up, huh? It's the third day I'm alive. Like I, No, that's not what he says. He simply says, what things? Because Jesus is... What's really important to him is slowing down and just talking with you, having a conversation with you. It may seem weird because we can't see him like in this story, but I want, you, I want you to know you can have a conversation with Jesus at any moment because he is involved in your life here, there, and everywhere because he is that good of a God. Now, what happens as we continue? As we continue in verse 19, it says, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people, but our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. And this all happened three days ago. Would you underline that phrase? We had hoped he was the Messiah. You ever really hoped for something? I'm not just saying like, you know, I hope I go to my favorite spot for lunch today. I'm talking about you really hoped for something important in your life. Like you really hoped that this relationship was going to be fixed, or you really hoped that this job was going to pan out, or you really prayed and hoped that this person in your family was going to be healed, or you really hoped God would do something this way, and then it didn't happen that way. I've been there a lot of times in my life because life is life, and that happens, and what they're saying is we had hoped that the Messiah at this time in Jewish culture, what they're talking about is we had hoped he was going to deliver us from the Roman Empire. They were under the Roman Empire, so they were beaten and abused and lived under, you know, kind of persecutory rule at this time. And Jewish people thought that the Messiah was going to come to them and pretty much conquer the Roman Empire and free them. But Jesus was way more interested in bigger stuff than just what is happening on the earthly side of things. He's interested in what's happening in the heavenly realm and in the spiritual realm and what's actually going to help us for eternity, not just for this life. I want you to know that Jesus is always concerned with your eternity, more over your earthly life. That's good. We can clap for that because that's really important. It's really important to remember. And I want to lean into this idea today that, that Jesus steps into this moment right when they needed him to. He steps in the midst of their disappointment, in the midst of their despair, in the midst of their brokenness. I want you to know today, Jesus steps into the midst of your situation. He doesn't wait until you figure it all out. He doesn't wait until you've gotten yourself back up where you need to be. He shows up in the mess. He shows up in the pit. He shows up in the darkness because that is the type of God that he is. We can clap for that too. We're excited today. I like it. Come on. Let's finish this story up. Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to sea, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Lesson of the morning, just always listen to what women have to say, because they're right a lot of the times. The guys just should have listened to that. And it's very important to always remember the first people that saw Jesus alive was his women followers who just wanted to be with him and wanted to care for him even in his death. There's beautiful sincerity in that. And I love that the guys are like, oh, let's go see now. But still, they hear that the tomb is empty and they still leave. So sometimes we are gonna hear things. You're gonna hear things today and you're still gonna be, have that desire to still run away. Even though today you may like really hope what I'm saying is true. I want you to know in those moments, it's when Jesus shows up and shows you who he is. Let's keep going. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if they were going, he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them 
And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Whoa, Whoa! Jesus, you just showed them and then you're gone? What are they supposed to do? Well, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about the story in just a second. But I want you to write a few things down that we see in this story. Some things that I wrote it down in my journal this way as we see in this story that I'm gonna unpack for you. What we see with Cleopas and his friend when they encounter Jesus is that hope will give you the power to embrace what you previously wished to escape. Hope gives you the power to embrace what you previously wished to escape. These guys wanted to escape the letdown and disappointment that they were experiencing. It was the third day. They couldn't even wait the full three days to leave. Like, they just, they're gone. Okay, it's been two days and like a couple hours. We're out of here. Obviously, this guy's not coming back alive. It's not happening. We're done, and they leave. And they're trying to escape everything they had been following for years. But isn't it interesting, when Jesus steps into the story, what the verses say right after this is that suddenly he disappears, but the first thing Cleopas and his friend do is run back the seven miles to Jerusalem to tell all the other disciples, hey, it's real, we've seen him. He has showed up to us in the midst of our escape, in the midst of our disappointment, in the midst of our brokenness. The Son of God showed up with us on our journey to get out of here. Jesus showed up and brought us back to what we were always meant to do, who we were created to be, the full life he's given us. That is exciting. It's powerful. It's what we're celebrating today. Hope gives you the power to embrace what you previously wished to escape. Some of us, myself included, we always want to escape the difficult seasons of life, right? Like the first thing we heard last year was, all right, two weeks to stop the spread. That turned out to not be true. And we waited day, week, month after month, and we just wanted to escape. We just wanted to get out of there. But really what God showed me along the season of this past year was to embrace it. And what I've seen is stories of people that are in this room, both in this service and the service before, that the only reason you're connected to local church is because of the online church that we had to do for, for eight months. That's why you're here in this place today. That's why you're watching today, because we were able to bring the message out. Some of us would have never clicked that link or jumped on that video had it not been because we were stuck in our house and we just wanted to do something life-giving or full of joy. Embrace that. I need you to embrace some of the difficult seasons you've walked in your life because a lot of times your pain can be the platform of freedom, the platform of your message that helps other people heal, heal and walk in the miracles that God has for them. See, I know in my life that once I've realized that hope has a name and that name is Jesus, it gives me the power to embrace things I've tried to escape and run away from. Things about myself, things about my past, things about the way I am, but I just embrace it because I know that God's called me to live life to the full. Does God have to do some work in all of us? Yeah, we're messed up. We know that. There's some things that, decisions and things that we've made that we're doing that God probably needs to do a work in. But you know what? The fact that I always trust God with all that stuff is because he's right there with me through it all. See, here in this story, the next thing to write down is that here Jesus shows us that there is always hope, always. I'm gonna use that word a lot today. I'm gonna always use the word always this morning as I give you some of the points today as we finish up. Uh, But I, I have to know that. I have to know that there is always hope because sometimes all that I get communicated to from the voices of the world is that there is no hope, the world's blowing up, everything's going down, 
Everyone's against each other. I need to be the one that can stand up and say, no, there is always hope. I'm not gonna be swayed by anything else, by any other voice except the voice of God and the voice of Jesus in my life because he's the one that's always been there. He's the one that shows up on the road to Emmaus when I'm disappointed and trying to escape. He's the one that sticks closer when everyone else runs away. I had this moment kind of this week. It's kind of funny. It's not as like, you know, significant or serious as what I'm talking about. But I had this moment when I was scrolling through uh, Facebook a couple days ago. And uh, you ever have one of those headlines that you see, a picture and a headline that just kind of grabs you right away? First off, I got to tell you, I'm a child of the 90s, grew up in the 90s. And uh, uh, one of my favorite shows growing up in the 90s was a show called Boy Meets World. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but uh, I'll give you my Disney Plus subscription login so you can go watch it all because it's so good. Uh, but I loved that show. I would watch it every Friday night for TGIF. Thank gosh, it's Friday on Friday nights on ABC from 8 to 10. Uh, as you can say, I watched a lot of TV as a kid. Um, but I loved this show. And there was a character on the show named Mr. Feeney, like the greatest on-TV teacher ever. He was awesome, full of wisdom, super funny, made me excited to get old so I could be that way, you know, just kind of be the old wise guy that's always trying to teach and help people out. I love that. Well, this little picture and headline popped up on my Facebook that made me panic and go crazy for like 10 seconds. It was this right here. Boy Meets World's William Daniels, which is the name of the actor. That's all I saw first. And I panicked. Because usually when you see stuff like this and it's an old celebrity, it means they're dead. It means life is over. I mean, I'm just getting over Alex Trebek and they're trying to throw this on me already. Like this stuff really messes with me, right? Because these people had a lot of investment in my childhood. I watch Jeopardy all the time. I watch this show every Friday night. Like it was something actually that impacted me so they know that, oh my gosh, these people are dying. It makes me sad. It hurts me. But that was only for 10 seconds because then I actually read the rest of the sentence which said this. It says, love and family keeps him going as he turns 94. So he's alive. Good news, right? That's good news. Okay, we, I'm glad you're excited about that because I am too. Now here's the thing. We can see things in our life. You can take Mr. Daniels down and just go back to the there is always hope or something. <laughs> now here's the thing. Sometimes we read the first five words of the situation and panic, give up, freak out, and get out of Dodge before we wait for the next closing of the sentence to see how God's gonna bring life and goodness and healing and miracles out of it because that's the type of God that he is. These two guys, Cleopas and his friend, saw the five words, you know, whatever those were, Jesus is dead and buried, we gotta get out of here. They didn't finish the rest of the sentence. It says, but in three days, he said he's going to rise again, so I am simply going to trust that because if Jesus said it, he's gonna do it because he's a promise keeper. Now here are the always statements I wanna give you this morning as we finish up. Number one, Jesus always loves you where you're at. Jesus always loves you where you're at. You're sitting in this seat today. Maybe it's your first time back in church in a long time. Maybe someone invited you today. Maybe you saw an Instagram ad. Maybe there was a invite card on your car. You saw a sign. Whatever it was, it's no accident that you're here today. And I believe it's no accident that you're here today so that Jesus could speak this statement to you. I love you right where you're at. I love you as much as I possibly can right now in this moment. 
You don't have to try and earn it. You don't have to try and be better or climb the ladder of religious tradition. I want you to know that God's, Jesus' posture towards you is one of open arms, open heart, to love on you, care for you, and let you know that he loves you right where you're at, however you're feeling, whatever you're going through. He loves you as much as he possibly can right now in this moment. Maybe you have doubts. Maybe you have questions. Maybe you don't even know if you believe in this whole thing yet. I promise you, Jesus still loves you. He steps into the story of two guys who had turned their back on him when he was dead. It's bad enough to turn your back on someone when they're alive, but when they're dead, I'm done with you. How bad does that get? But Jesus, when he does step out of that grave, this is why it's a good thing I am not Jesus. He doesn't, I would, I would show up on the road to Emmaus to these two guys and be like, told you, keep going, get out of here, all right? You gave up when it got tough. That's not what Jesus does. He shows up and says, hey, <laughs> told you, told you I was gonna do this. And I wanna invite you back. You're never too far gone. There's always a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. I think I'm on chance like 97 right now. There is always another chance to get back in to relationship with Jesus and to let you know that he loves you right where you're at. Second thing, Jesus always listens to your pain. See, Jesus is not the person that when you tell him how you're feeling, he doesn't say, well, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you should do, here's, here's some advice. I gotta be honest with you, when I am venting and going through painful situations, I eventually probably need some advice, some counsel, some wisdom. The first thing I need, though, is someone to say, man, that's hard. But can I just be with you? Man, that's difficult, but I want you to know you're not alone. I'm praying for you, I'm right here. Whatever you need, even if it is to vent, to get angry. See, when my father passed away years ago unexpectedly. Eventually I needed counseling through the five stages of grief and all that, but the first thing I needed was friends who called me and said, I'm so sorry. That's all I could say. I got nothing else to offer. And I'm like, that's all I need, really. See, Jesus steps in and whatever you've walked through, he doesn't say, see, I told you so. You did it to yourself. He says, man, I'm so sorry. And I'm here. And just tell me, tell me about your pain. Tell me how you've hurt. Why do I believe Jesus is who he says he is? I've studied a lot of things in my life. The way of Jesus, the message of the gospel is the only message that talks about how God came down, became human, and was broken for you and me. See, we don't serve a God who doesn't, doesn't understand pain. He's felt it himself. See, in this story, when Cleopas and his friend are sitting around with Jesus, they realize Jesus is Jesus in this moment when he reaches for the bread and begins to break it. Now that is a symbol again of that his body was broken, that our God gave his life for me and you. We celebrate that on Good Friday, but we don't celebrate that he's dead. We celebrate that he conquered death and what he went through for us was to help us know that we are healed because of his wounds. But as he was breaking the bread, some scholars believe what caused the light to go on for Cleopas and his friend was that they saw the holes in Jesus' hands from where he was nailed to the cross because Jesus carries those wounds to this day. Isn't it funny that at any moment, Jesus could have said, hey, it's me, hello. <laughs> I guess even doing that would have done the same thing, but he never said anything. He let his wounds, he let what he went through speak. Can I encourage you today that Jesus did actually give his life for you? It's historically a fact that, that he did. Where people debate is whether or not he's alive, but you can't find his dead body anywhere. Can't find his bones because he's sitting at the right hand of God. But it's his brokenness that speaks to us. 
It's his brokenness that spoke to Cleopas and his friend that this was Jesus. I tell you today that Jesus identifies with your pain. He's patient with you and he always listens. And the third thing is, Jesus always longs to be with you and stay. Jesus is committed to you. I want you to know that Easter Sunday is not just about until you walk out those doors. Jesus wants to be with you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because I need him on those days. It's super fun and actually pretty easy to experience Jesus and get excited on a Sunday morning together. I need Jesus to be with me and stay with me on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because that's when life attacks. That's when I feel alone. That's when I don't know what to do next. Can I encourage you to invite Jesus to stay with you? What, is this, what does it say? They begged Jesus to stay with them. There was something about him. They couldn't just let him go. I want you to know that if you would invite Jesus to stay with you today, he will. If you trust him with your life and say yes to him, he will enter in and he will be there for you. He'll forgive you and set you free and he'll stay with you until healing happens. He'll stay with you until you grow and realize who you are, the son and daughter that you were created to be. Because the fourth thing is, Jesus always leads you to more. I gotta be honest, I had to change this in my journal when I was preparing this message. When I first wrote it down, it was, Jesus will always lead you to better. But that's not really the case. Because if I can be honest with you for a moment, when you walk out those doors today, your life may suddenly not be better. The situations you find yourself in may not quickly resolve. But I need you to know today that when you walk out of that door, when you walk out of this building today, when you trust Jesus with your life, he goes with you. And he leads you to something more so that you can see that life may be difficult, life may be hard, but something more is going on. God is doing more than you could possibly imagine. God is doing more than just what you see. God is working in your life and working in the lives of those around you in miraculous, powerful, world-changing ways. And you begin to have eyes that seize the world that way, not just limited by your difficult circumstances, but by the fact that the Son of God who conquered sin and death is walking with you, leading you to more, showing you ways you can make a difference and impact the world with the way he's created you. That's why we say just keep coming back. Come to Growth Track today. We want you to call local church home because this is where we know you will find healing and community. You'll be able to find a place where you can make a difference with your purpose. The secret is to just keep coming back to get around people who believe the same things as you and believe in you and can help you walk through those situations, those doubts, those questions that you have. I want you to to know today, no matter what, you belong here and more is to come and the best is yet to come as we are in this together. We can clap our hands for that because we believe it. It's true today. And the last thing I want to do this morning is when you walked in, you got this little name tag. And oh, you can bring it out right now because I kind of want you to look at it because our natural reaction obviously would be to write our name, you know, to write my name is Ryan, hello, on there. But if we were to think a little couple levels deeper, there might be other things we would write down there. Maybe the things that we're dealing with that no one knows about, maybe we would write in there anxious, depressed, alone, stressed, angry, made mistakes, never good enough, ugly, alone, isolated, sick, broken home, not here for a reason. I want you to know today that all those names 
are not who you actually are. Jesus stepped into the road to Emmaus to let Cleopas and his friend know. I love that he's just his friend, like they didn't ever give his name. That's okay. <laughs> but Jesus stepped into that story to let them know you're not disappointment. You're not broken. You're not the sadness you see on your face. You're not lost hope. Man, hope is with you right now. You are forgiven. You are set free. You are healed and made whole. You are accepted, loved, and redeemed, full of purpose and meaning. You're a son and daughter of God today. So I need you to know today, don't wear that old name tag anymore. Slap the name tag on you that says, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God, who is worth the son of God's life to bring me back into his family because of the joy that was set before him. He swallowed up death forever. He's wiped away my tears, and I know he is with me today, loves me, forgives me, and redeems me. That's the name tag I wear. And I want to close with this verse. Man, I read this verse this week, and it just floored me, and I wanted to share with you today. It's from Romans chapter 6, verse 8 and 11 in the message. And come on, let's get excited about what this verse says. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquered death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. I need you to underline that, bracket it, draw an arrow to it. Today, never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way, sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word because you are dead to sin and alive to God. That is what Jesus did. Come on, if you believe it today, if God's speaking to you today, speaking to you today, clap your hands, give me a shout. I want you to know you are not dead. Your name tag says alive, son, daughter, forgiven, redeemed, and set free because of what Jesus did. No longer will death, insecurity, anxiety, depression, fear, anger, no longer will those things have the final word. Jesus gets the final word, and his word is, I'm alive, and so are you today. If you'll write this last thing down for me, write this down for me today as we close. This is not the end of your story. This is not the end of your story. Whatever you walked in through today, whatever you're carrying, I want you to know when you walk out those doors, when you connect to God's house, when you surrender and say yes to Jesus, the best truly is yet to come because he is with you. You are no longer dead. You are alive and free. This is not the end of your story. Come on, if you believe that today, give me a shout. Stand to your feet. Let's clap our hands and give God praise for what he deserves today. Come on, God is so good. We're thankful for him. Thank you so much for joining us on the local podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to local church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.